looking back at the best of Saturday's racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day. This is Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Pass the Post, the first Pass the Post for 2022. And we passed the post at Doombin yesterday, the first Metropolitan Meeting of the Year. There's a lot of hazards in punting, and one that's high on the list is rain on race day. And that's what we had at Doombin yesterday. We we woke to a soft five at scratching time. We ended the day on a heavy ten. Nathan Exelby, as I say good morning to you, did it make much difference to the results? I'm sure it did. It certainly made a massive difference to the betting, mm. and uh, that was probably borne out in those results and with a couple of key late scratchings as well. So a horse like Isotope, where does that leave her now from a Magic Millions perspective? is an interesting one, but to be fair, Doombin had dodged quite a few bullets through the summer carnival in terms of weather forecast, and it had gone all around, but yesterday it, uh, it got its whack. Yeah. Fortunately, and I was speaking with Ross Smith, uh, the track manager, after the races, it was in very robust condition before the, mm. the meeting started, which helped it well. Because sometimes rain on race day at Dooman doesn't work well. But I've got to say, even though we ended at a heavy 10, uh, they used all parts of the track. We saw Kementari get up to the inside. We saw Smart Meteor come down the centre. We saw Salatine come down the outside. So it was a genuine heavy track, but I think played fairly. Yeah, that's right. But it was apparent early on you wanted the genuine wet trackers, wasn't it? A lot to discuss. Uh, we're going to really dig deep into this Dooman meeting. Of course, this is the last Brisbane meeting. We now go to the Gold Coast next Saturday. For the Tab Wave, a host of other feature races. Then the big day, Magic Millions Day at Aquas Park, Gold Coast on the 15th. So plenty coming up over the next fortnight. But let's concentrate on yesterday. We'll also touch on a few races in Sydney and Melbourne. And also I want to go back to Gosford on Wednesday as well. But let's go to the Group 3 Vero Plate. The day, of course, presented by Magic Millions. Shahonka, the Sydney visitor for Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott, was the favourite, but an easing favourite. She ran a 270 at the jump. Dovetail Diva is going to try and do it from Barry to Box. Went by the 600 metres, running the first 750 in 46.18. Leads Sutto's gal, third Tiger Heart. Fourth release, the means being felt for by Dipman. Then came Shahonka coming off the bit as well. Miss Hipstar on the way forward. A long way back, Jackson on time, then Bump and Run. Chatty Lady and Glorious Ruby in the home straight. He gets to the outside on Shahonka. She starts to put in well now. Got it a bumping jill with release, the means. But while all that was happening, Tiger Heart was off and gone. On. Tiger Hunt booted away. Miss Hipstar Shahonka run on fairly. Sato's gal battling away, but Tiger Hunt is a mile in front and is far too good for them. Tiger Hunt bolted into the Vay Rogue, beat home Shahonka, Miss Hipstar, and Dovetail Diva, then released the bean. Sato's gal, Chatty Lady, Glorious Ruby, bump and run and Jackson on time. Last home in 123.48. Tiger Hunt by an ever widening margin uh, adds black type to his CV, winning the Group 3. Vayrogue played. Tony Gollan says he loves the summer carnival in southeast Queensland, and why wouldn't he? Another double there yesterday with Tiger Heart and Salatine. He's our first guest. Good morning, Tony. How are you? Yeah, good morning, Dave. I certainly do love the summer carnival here in here in Brisbane in Queensland. It's fantastic. It's been great for our stable. People will see the form of Tiger Heart, and they'll see that unplaced run at Eagle Farm. But you were one person who uh, anyone who wanted to listen would tell them that. He didn't uh, handle Eagle Farm. He didn't cope with Eagle Farm that day. And that's a, a scenario we hope. We hope is now finished. But he's one horse who pulled up pretty ordinarily after the gold edition. Yeah, he's probably as bad as I've had one pull up straight after a race off Eagle Farm the other day. And the track was exceptionally firm that day. Um, now, that's not saying he wouldn't handle good four 
at Doomin or the Gold Coast or Sunshine Coast, etc. It's just a different beast, Eagle Farm, and we've made plenty of mentions of it. I, I even felt in the winter, I really like the horse. I love these form lines going towards the, the big two-year-old race, and, and that day, gee, it just wasn't in performance for the winter at Group 1 level, and that, that's why he didn't perform. But I just knew he was better than what I saw that day. I even thought his first up run back at Eagle Farm over a 1,000 metres. I know he ran an OK third, but it was only OK, and the horse was going a lot better, and, and arguably he should have won at Doomin his next start. So he should be unbeaten at Doomin. Um, he's just a really good horse across the road. So with, with that Eagle Farm stuff in mind, does it put any doubts in your mind, Tony? Like, you always thought this horse, he's a good horse. Um, yeah. So does it... Sort of, do you just have any little misgivings that sort of whether you second guess yourself or you just maintain that it's just that track the whole time? No, oh, I think you just got to keep an eye on your horse, Nathan, and just be comfortable in your in your opinion of him. So, I, no, I didn't second guess myself at all, particularly the way that he, he worked on the Tuesday. But I was really keen to see how he rebounded back mm. that week after that Eagle Farm run because, like I said, down the back he, he was he, he was walking out. You know, sort of sideways of his type stall. He, he was really not stepping out forward like he should have been post-race. And he was quite distressed. And so I was really keen to see how he how he was that, that week back under Sadly. He was really good. Then he worked you know, really well with Tembo's mate on Tuesday morning going into the Vyrogue. And I was just very confident with all the, the data we have on him with his track work, etc., yeah, stride length and, and speed and recovery, etc., that, that he was right up to the mark for the weekend. And the heavy, the heavy ten was another another whole beast, but on his pedigree, I was probably never really worried, and I knew his form on soft ground was great. Yeah, exactly right. You speak of his pedigree, he's by better than ready out of Philadelphia, and many of our listeners will remember her as a a well above average mare for the Rob Heathcote stable. She was a multiple city winner. Yeah, and I don't think this horse has actually even got out to his to his real right trip yet. I think a mile will, will suit him absolutely down to the ground. I think yeah, that's. If you look at that run yesterday, I think it'd be hard to disagree with that, that he wouldn't run a good mile. And I think Philadelphia, I, know, I think she won at 2,000, but I think her best trip from memory mm. was around about that mile. She was an awfully good mare. And she's an awfully good mare on wet ground as well. She was, Nathan, yeah. So <laughs> give me good heart. I know it's only, a, it's only a guide. It's never an absolute, you know, Monty that they're going to get through it. But he just he just gave me all the feelings that, that he would, and I thought he worked well on soft ground on Tuesday. And he's just... Yeah, he's a horse I really like. I just I love the way he's improving. I love physically how he keeps on improving as well for me. And um, if I just take his eagle farm runs out, he's got an awfully good record. So with him not being paid up for Magic Millions, is that that it for him <laughs> now? This prep and you look to the winter. Yeah, yeah it's bloody annoying. <laughs> and I said I just put him away at the, at the end of the winter, and I said, oh, well, I think he's a really, really Magic Millions guineas horse, <laughs> you know, for the summer. And I'm getting ready, and David Chester called me. He said, yeah, you know, he's not Magic Millions. Eligible, and I said, "Oh, surely you can do something about that." <laughs> he said, "No, I can't." And even Barry Bowden said yesterday, "If he couldn't, then no one could." So we couldn't, uh, we couldn't break any of the of the rules, which is fair enough. Uh, and therefore, he can't take his place, which is it was frustrating. But I mean, that's that's just the way it was. I didn't know when when they bought the horse. I had no idea that I was even training it. So it's just one of those things. We're probably lucky enough to get him into the stable, you know. And it's just just one of those things. So we'll put him away now and. I'd, rather, I'd like to set him towards the Winter Carnival, but I, I must admit the Eagle Farm situation with him only liking one venue or every other venue other than Eagle Farm, it does pigeonhole me a bit for the Carnival. Yeah. And that's what I was saying earlier when I said we hope, we hope. Well, we do hope that come middle of March when we're back racing at Eagle Farm that this situation could be resolved. What do you think, Tony? Do you think it will be? I don't, I don't think it will be. Not, not, not in that short term. Not, not, for that, not for the difference that this horse has on mm. the ground. 
I mean, it'll be better than what it was, there's no doubt. And I thought during the Winter Carnival this year, you know, probably as, as good or as consistent as the track raced, to be honest. But it's still, it's, it's still a huge difference to our other surfaces. Um, and you're still going to see that, that form pattern. If you have a horse that doesn't want to stretch out there or he's had particularly bad experiences there, which this horse has, I, I think it's, it's hard to put him, put him back there. So I, I, I don't think it'll change too much to this horse. The, the, the other horses that are just fringe, you know, not liking it but don't go too bad on it, they'll probably be better on it come winter because there's no doubt the surface will be better, um, you know, as we get into the autumn, winter months than what we saw in the summer. Or oh, maybe you just have to line up a wild card race for Tiger Heart next year to get him to a Magic Millions Cup yeah, or something like next a, year. Yeah, the cutest race for sure, Nathan. Like, you know, you'll probably see him running that ticket next year. I don't know, but yeah. try and take his part in, in the cutest race or something like that. Or maybe even the buffering to get into the Cup. Who knows? But he, he's a quality horse. He's a horse I like. And I wouldn't be I wouldn't be afraid to take him away either, to be honest. You know, if there was going to be a, a wet autumn, it might even enter into my thoughts yep. to head away with him also because I think he's a horse that, like I said, I don't think we've seen his best distance range yet either. I think a mile will be absolutely perfect for him. Mm. What about the last winner, Salatine? Uh, she secured a start. I, I'd already backed her in the benchmark 78, so I'm not that happy with you this morning because she would have she would have won that for practice. But the, the, the serious point with Salatine is uh, she arrived here from interstate and uh, she comes under your care. Has she exceeded your expectations or did you think you could get to this level, which you got to yesterday? Well, early on, um, I didn't really know a lot about her. Obviously, I'm, I'm terrific friends with Peter and Paul Snowden and I didn't actually even ask them too much about her at the start. I was just whacking away with her and then I had her in her first start. I mean, her trials and that were a little bit here and there. She was quite a hot hot mare and gets to get herself quite warm in work and I was sort of just sort of tinkering around with her a little bit and then had her in for her first start. It was on the Sunday after the week when I was talking to Paul that week and he said, you got that mare that we had in. He didn't tell me you had her. I said, no, I just forgot about it. And he said, I think she's not far off being stakes grade and she absolutely bolted in on, the, on that Sunday meeting. It was a low grade meeting there and she, she won like a nice horse. And I sort of said to Mitho after it, she's given me a really good feel. I mean, she's sort of throwing back at me. I, I think she could measure up to our summer carnival. I didn't think the depth of our mares races was going to be as strong as what they've come up. That's a really strong race yesterday, and I think all our mares races this summer have had really good depth for them. Um, and with her rating where she was, she was just really hard to get to that level. And she's another horse, a bit like Tiger Heart. She had two runs at Eagle Farm, and she's just not the same horse at all. So back to Doom, and she's unbeaten. So, you know, it's a, it's a tale of two tracks for, for both my winners yesterday. And I thought back at Doom and she was good enough for state's class. I must admit, if we had had dry ground, I, I probably couldn't have ever had her beating isotope. But that was the depth of the race yesterday. And when the track got really wet, I was her, her worst performance in Sydney was on a heavy eight. So I was reluctant to want to even know whether we could keep running her yesterday. But we decided to roll the dice and it just came up sixes. So it was perfect. <laughs> Tell us about the conversation that went on through the day. <laughs> <laughs> I rang Anthony Myth and this is the... Is the numero uno of Rosemont. And um, I said, it's boring. You know, you hear all this noise in the background. Where, where are you? Oh, I've just finished on a Bucks party and we've got to some bar or something. We've been in Flemington all day. Oh, he was very jovial. <laughs> so I, I always knew we were rolling the dice. It meant I could hear the beats in the background. So we were never, we were never scratchy. But it was, it, was, it, was a good, um, it was a good it was a good idea, clearly. I mean, she's a very valuable man. When he bought her, since then, Halal come out and had an awesome spring of Group 1 play. So he won a one group race as well in the spring. So her value was already enhancing. Mm. Then she became a city winner up here, which which helped her, of course. But then if we could get black type even you know, win all place, it was just gonna, you know, really increase her value. And to win a black type race yesterday it makes her a very valuable man for the team and 
not only that, we get a wild card into Magic Means Day now, and arguably on yesterday's win, I know it was a heavy 10, they'll question form here and there. Um, I think she'll step up very well at the Gold Coast, and third hundred will suit. I think that's a good point you make. She's unbeaten a Dooman, but her past two wins, when she won there back in the middle of November, there was no fluke about the performance. In fact, no. it was impressive because she was wide, and, and I know maybe yesterday being wide on the heavy 10 may have not been a, such an imposition or a disadvantage, but again, she raced yeah. wide. So there's no fluke about these wins. Yeah, I don't think she, I think she's the only horse yesterday, David, that actually raced wide and went wider that won. A lot of them horses got back and got to the inside yesterday, and I, I'm sort of still a bit, bit intrigued as to why the jockeys were getting off fence so much there, because a lot of the winners were coming back up the inside, mm. and a lot of the good runs, like Kisikano arguably got a better run in transit back through the inside than what this mare got, so... I thought her win was, was particularly good. Her win at Dooman, like you said, that last start. And mind you, she hasn't raced for quite a while due to bad barriers and just races off and just things not going right for her in that regard. Nothing's the way the horse was going. Um, so she had the trial. She was spaced between runs. And, you know, to do what she did and cover the ground she covered, I thought she was excellent. And, you know, she's, 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 she's no, um, no flukest chance come the Gold Coast in a fortnight. I think she's right up to that grade. Tony, you were forced to scratch isotope on the, the heavy ground. Where does that leave you now from a Magic Millions point of view with her? Yeah, I, sort of, I wasn't forced to scratch an ace, but I, I, pretty well, I pretty well was, you know, 32 weeks fresh up, you know, on a heavy 10. Even if I had a one yesterday, what would I have taken out of it for two weeks' time? It just wasn't worth the risk. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, not, I'm not overly sure she'd love that ground either, so wasn't worth it. Uh, it makes me... Well, look, I'm so pleased to wake up this morning and see sunlight and a nice day because we can hopefully get a nice set of barrier trials in on Tuesday. And that was always my plan, really, was to have three lots of trials with her and go fresh up into the snippets. Just that she was coming to hand so well, I was comfortable to go to the races on New Year's Day with her. So I just go. I just revert back to the normal plan now, uh, fresh up into the Magic Man snippets. A bit more to come out of the nudgy from your stable. Crone, good in fifth. Miami Fleiss finished officially uh, eighth. Tell us about those two horses. Oh, look, Crone was terrific. Um, got a little bit further back than probably where I anticipated, but I was just keen for Georgina to ride her where she was comfortable. I really wanted to see her run on. A pass mark for me going into this race was, was on the back of the of the top three, you know, fourth, fifth. That's what I told the connections. and. I think they'd be really happy with her run. And we just know how much she improves after a first-up run, particularly getting out to the 13, 1400. She's just a whole whole bunch better mare. So she looks like she's right back on track. There's a lot better run than her lead-up run in the Magic Means Day last year, I can tell you. So um, hopefully you know, we can get some sting out of the ground and she can get to the coast because she's a, a really good chance of defending her title down there. And um, I thought Miami Flies was good. She just stepped that little bit slow again, which she can do, which is nothing. It wasn't astronomically bad, but it was bad enough. She had to use it, but then she relaxed really nicely. Just the longer she come off the bridle in the straight, she wanted to bore in and hang in, which has been a, a bad trait of hers over time. And I think it was accentuated yesterday by that really wet ground. She almost had to check her. She was hanging in that much, and that probably cost her running third. So arguably, she probably should have run third in the race. I thought her run was a good pass mark. I just felt I needed to give her that run yesterday, even though I was never overly comfortable on the ground. I just couldn't go six weeks between runs to Magic Means Day. So... I'm comfortable with that run under her belt and she'll head to the Gold Coast in good shape. Tony, so much focus is put on Magic Millions Day and getting the horses there. Are you happy with where you sit a fortnight out with the team that you're going to be taking there to the $10 million day? Yeah, I am. It's a little bit of a different team to last year. I'm I'm not sure if I've got a two-year-old yet. That that picture will be probably unveiled a bit after next weekend, but I haven't got a three-year-old, unfortunately, (laughs) because my main seed's not eligible, but... 
Uh, I'm pretty comfortable with what we got. We got Baller and Isotope will be in the sprint at this stage. Um, Chrome, Salatine, maybe Miami Flies in the Mares, Miami Flies maybe in the Cutest, F Troop probably first up into the Cutest now. He'll trial Tuesday as well. So we're going to have our, and we've got a couple of the maidens. So we're going to have our usual representation. I'm pretty comfortable with the, with the team we got. So it's been a good day to us in years gone by. So I really hope this year's the same. But I'm under no illusion as to how tough a day it is. But I'm really wrapped with the way the horses are, are racing leading in the Magic Means Day. And I, I do feel I've got enough carrots left in them to, to get there at their peak. I want to talk about one horse from your stable that didn't appear yesterday but was scheduled to. And it is the two-year-old Honeypot. Now, to say her preparation or her lead-up for the Magic Millions is far from ideal would be an understatement. We <laughs> we saw the, uh, the, the, the ordinary start of the Sunshine Coast when she went into the yeah. race with a big boom on her and yeah. then, of course, um, scratched yesterday. You, you'll run her on Saturday. The reason I wanted to talk about her is that everyone is, when talking about the Magic Millions, saying you're either with Coolangatta or you're against Coolangatta, but if you're against Coolangatta... You've got to try and find one to beat her. And at this stage, there's nothing shaping really powerfully. Could Honeypot be the one? How good is she? She's, she's pretty good filly. Um, and, and my preparation hasn't been ideal. You're right. I just had a few little, little niggles there. But to be fair, David, my plan was to run at the Sunshine Coast and obviously win. Mm. Well, that didn't happen. So that's what probably put me back a little bit. But my, my plan prior to that was to run there and win and then actually run the week before and back up into the millions. Mm. So I haven't really deviated from my route too much. It was always either there or this this week or the next week. So I'm really not I'm not feeling my preparation's been stuffed around as far as fitness or where I've targeted my horse. So I'm comfortable to go next weekend, probably slightly more so than what I was to go yesterday, to be fair. Um, I didn't think she needed a really hard 1,200 two weeks out, particularly on wet ground. So the, um, the bad gate probably did me a favour. So we'll just see where she lands next week. She's just got to be on her best behaviour, hasn't she? You know, if she behaves herself well and steps away well, Ryan Maloney takes over as rider. Uh, if she can do things well, then ability-wise, I think it's a very open year. It's, you know, I think Annabelle's horse yesterday, depending on what you make of the run on the wet ground, may have exposed the Wyong form a little bit. I'm not sure. I think it's a really tricky year. And like you said, if you don't think Cooling Gat is a, a moral, then something will jump out of the pack and it may be Honeypot next, next Saturday. Well, I think we left Dooman last Sunday. We we expected Curlingatta to win and, and win she did. But I don't think anyone left the track saying, oh, well, it's all over now, you know, engrave the name on the trophy. Because visually, and I mean, I'm, I'm more than happy to say it. People don't want to say it. Uh, visually, she wasn't dynamic. Now, there are several factors that could see her be dynamic in two weeks' time because she, you know, could be on firmer ground. They might have a, you know... Uh, right at, uh, at a, a peak for the day. So, of course, we might see an explosive performance. But on that performance alone, you wouldn't be saying she's past the post. I don't think fitness-wise she can improve a whole lot. She did okay. stay with us. Um, we're going into it. She was very hard and fit sort of Philly. I think Kieran's her job, you know, now, and I've spoken to Kieran post-race and whatnot, is just to, to keep her as good as he can get her as where she's at. I don't think that run will bring her on any more fitness-wise. I do think she did a good job to win on negative splits last week. She's obviously very tough, but I do question the quality of horses that were chasing her down too. I don't think they... They, so they all had their chance to beat her. So I think she's just got to get a better run in transit than what she got the other day. They went out quite quick and obviously come home quite slow. So she was there to be beaten and she wasn't. She's a real winner. Um, but we all know Magic Millions is a pressure race and she'll have to absorb more pressure again and who knows? Maybe we'll know a lot more. This week's race, 
you know, historically is a great form guide reference for the week after. And mm. I've trialled my filly back-to-back on weeks before, and she was always better on the second trial than the first one. So I've got no issues with a seven-day backup if she happens to win on, on Saturday. You've been very generous with your time this morning. Appreciate your comments, as we always do, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, mate. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Tony Golden, our Premier Trainer, joining us and providing a lot of insight into the, the meeting at Dooman yesterday. And I don't think you could have got a stronger push for a two-year-old than what you just got then. No, well, I, I wanted to sort of investigate or explore a bit more because, you know, I'm one of those ones looking mm. for something who can stand up against Cool and Gatter. And after next week's racing, that that, that, that scenario may, may develop. It may not as well. But I think she's the, uh, the, the sleeping tiger, so to speak, because there was such a boom on her. Mm. Things went wrong in that race, and we haven't seen her since. And just the way Tony Gollan speaks about her, he's got plenty of good measuring sticks to work yeah. out whether he's got a good horse or not, and he keeps putting the big wrap on her. So looking forward to seeing her. And, and as he points out, that that Saturday, that, that week before, is a remarkable record that it's built uh, in the last seven or eight years of mm. horses winning there, and, and horses that David were not necessarily heralded going into that meeting as well. Le Chef being one of those. Correct. Well, that was the, the Magic Millions Vague Rogue Plate. I think uh, during the program this morning, we're not going to dig really deep into you know what to follow, what not to follow, because the track certainly changed everything around and uh, it would be highly unlikely we're on a heavy 10 in two weeks' time. We'll keep that comment because... <laughs> because <laughs> there's the person You did give yourself a oh, for weather forecasting yesterday. The worst, the worst uh, person to try and judge weather. I've got no <laughs> idea in the wide world. And let's go to the, the buffering. This was the race after the Vay Rogue. And Kemantari was heavily backed, $7 down to 4 Here's the replay. They shift to the centre of the track. Apache chase outside of Stampy. Kiku goes up on the inside. Then Tambo's made. Kemantari pitching inside runs. And then Nick it over. And Soxagon right down the outside. A few of the chance, but Apache chase. He's in for the fight. Kiku got up on the inside. And Kemantari coming now. Kiku in front. Kemantari finishing brilliantly. Look at Special K. Kemantari lands a plunge and wins the buffering, beats Kiku Apache Chase and Nick it over. Then Soxagon Stampy, Tambo's mate, Blondo Axe and a minute away, aim at the tail end in one twenty-two and 8. There he was, Kemantari, Nashra Willer riding and landing plenty of good bets, $7 down to 4. Vin Cox said about Kemantari pre-race that he's not contesting the big dances anymore. He's more of an RSL performer. Well, I'm sure there'll be plenty of putters around Australia wanting to go to the RSL to see Kemantari because he was the medium of a big plunge yesterday. Vin Cox is with us now. Good morning. Uh, good morning, David. Good morning, Nathan. I was saying to Nathan before we came on air, when, when you're doing the form and, and you're looking at it from a betting point of view, you'll you'll predict some, some you know, big moves. You, you'll be um, anticipating some. I didn't anticipate such a strong move so late in the piece for Kemantari, $7 down to 4 considering he'd never run on a heavy 10-track. Uh, no, he'd never run on one, David. He trialled on um, on one, I think it was at Randwick one day. It was an absolute bog, and he flew through it. So we didn't really have uh, a lot of problem with it being wet. You know, you, you never know when it's going to be when it's bottomless. I'm not sure we got to that level yesterday, um, but certainly he has performed on soft tracks, and it's never never worried him. So um, no, it was just exciting to see him perform like that, and um, it's great that he's qualified into the got a wild card entry into Magic Men's race day. David spoke about the betting move, Vin. Clearly the, the stable had felt he was going really well. You indicated that in an interview with me earlier in the week that James reported his work on, on Tuesday was spot on. So this has been a plan for some time and obviously everything had gone according to that plan leading into yesterday. 
Yeah, when he uh, ran, he ran very well in the hundred. If you watch the replay, um, and from that day we thought, well, let's just keep him uh, ticking over uh, and try and qualify him for Magic Millions Day, and the, and the buffering was his obvious target. Uh, he done exceptionally well. He's a horse that's been thriving, um, enjoying his work, eating well. And, and if you, you saw him in the mounting yard yesterday, I mean, he was dragging Maria around the, the, the mounting yard. He, he, his coat was gleaming and uh, he was just in good form. So, uh, yeah, the team, full credit to the team. Uh, they got him here in Brisbane in, in, in fine order and, and ran accordingly. And, and as I said to you during the week, Nathan... Um, James is particularly bullish about him on after his work on Tuesday. So, yeah, we were expecting him to run well. Yeah, we, we've seen him at our last two winter carnivals in 2020 and 21. And it's fair to say, while he might have had some luck, and that often happens with him, just with his pattern of racing, but there's no doubt, uh, if you look at his form in isolation, this time in during the spring and summer, he's racing with a lot of purpose, isn't he? Oh, yes. And he's, and he's hitting the line with gusto. He first up in the Gilgai Group 2, and it was a, a good field. Uh, he won well. And then his next few starts were, were good runs, albeit not winning. Uh, again, hitting the line very, very strongly and a little bit of checkered passages in a couple of them. So, yeah, he's, he has been, had been racing well. Vin, you're well-versed with these uh, Magic Millions wild cards. You were sitting at the table as part of Magic Millions when the deal was done with Racing Coins. So now, Godolphin, you've come so close. Look, look through all these wild cards. You won Manicure, went, ran second, Isaurian second, Raheran third, Ethereum second. You've peppered the board. Is, is 2022 the year that uh, the, <laughs> get the monkey off the back? It might be it might be our turn, Nathan. <laughs> uh, so, um, look, it's uh, it's a it, it's a good concept. Um, racing Queensland, or primarily Kevin Dixon at the time, uh, pushed it and promoted it, and uh, there was no doubt it was it was directed at uh, organisations like Godolphin that are own a breeder um, type uh, organisations, and um, it it gives the opportunity to the horses that don't go through sales rings the, the chance to compete for, uh, on Magic Man's Day. And, um, you know, we've always been fairly modest about our approach to it in that we don't want to bring up three-to-one on shots. We, we, we want to uh, come up with a sporting chance and and um, and be competitive and, and enjoy the carnival. So, um, yeah, hopefully one day we'll hit the, hit, hit the, hit the jackpot. Of course, Roheron being the other one who won the Felvel on last Sunday. Tell our listeners the the unique situation that Kevin Terry is going to find himself in in two weeks' time. It's a good story. <laughs> Oh, it's a great story. It's well documented. We retired him to stud um, two, two or three years ago uh, with much fanfare. He was a highly uh, promoted and highly uh, desired stallion prospect. We sold 30 um, breeding rights in the horse to some of the most prominent breeders in the country and um, said he, and then stood him at stud and had a bunch of mares booked to the horse. He covered 54 mares and only got two mares in foal. Uh, and those two foals are being offered at Magic Millions um, next week as a colt and a filly. Um, so it's a unique scenario where the sire of yearlings at the yearling sale is actually going to be competing at the Magic Millions carnival, um, albeit a gelding these days. 
you keep him going for a couple more years, he might get to race against <laughs> his own progeny. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that's not beyond the realms of possibility. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we've got a firm eye on his health and well-being and his desire at the racetrack. So, um, yeah, you never know. He's a great looker. He's a very handsome individual. And, and I think, too, just as we close off, Finn, and we appreciate your time, you, you were saying that he's a, a polarising horse uh, in, in terms of the, the punters or the racing followers. Some like him, some loathe him. But I tell you what, there's not too many horses in Australia that have their, have a nickname, and he does special case. So he must be doing oh, something all right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and you promoted it very well, David. A very good race call yesterday. Um, but, yeah, he's uh, very well known and uh, for, for varying reasons, um, not least, you know, going to stud and then and, and, and turning out to be a dud at stud. Uh, but, uh, you know, he has let a few punters down on his day as well. So, uh, but look, we, you know, he's in our organisation, everyone absolutely loves him. And um, I think some of the punters are starting to turn back to him because he is, he is a character. Um, he can be just brilliant on his day. And uh, on, a, on a day like yesterday, where, well, I'm sure seemingly plenty of punters got plenty out. So, uh, so he might be starting to win a few hearts back. Always appreciate your time, Vin. We'll see you over the next two weeks. Good on you, lad. Thanks very much. Ben Cox joining us this morning, representing Godolphin and the Kimantari, the winner. Nash Willow was quite taken with the, with the winner as well. I think he was delighted to to partner up with him. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's just a really good horse, Kimantari, in that he's one of those few that seems to capture the public attention. There's been many better horses than him, but he's one with this great profile and he's got the looker and then the, then the stud story to go with it. So he's got every possible uh, element to, of a great story. See that uh, heavy 10 trial win. I was, I was trying to do everything late yesterday, trying to find ways to back winners when the track changed. I didn't check that one out. Uh, but a heavy track or no heavy track, uh, his form this campaign, as we said, has been good. And he's a live chance in two weeks' time. Yeah. I would say I think yesterday was a good result for Apache Chase in terms of his magic millions. He's already two points below Kimantari in the handy because I was already getting a kilo mm. off him there. He'll now get presumably more off him. And you know that Kimantari sets that top weight. So I think he comes out of that. They're not going to be too disappointed with Apache Chase yesterday. In fact, Desley Forster was typically bullish after the race. And, oh, that's just a, just what we wanted to see. He's not at home in those heavy conditions, mm. but he ran well. He's on target for two weeks' time. And I think Jimmy Byrne was of the same mm. same uh, thought as well. He was quite bullish after the race come two weeks' time. Nothing else out of the race. Kiku ran well, Ooh. considering being first up. Double-check if she's a Magic Minions horse, but I'd be... Look, the Phillies and Mares race, whether that's for her or she goes to the Cup, but it was a terrific event. Let's go to the shootout. This is the staying race over 2,000 metres. This is when the rain really started to make an impact on the track. Here's the replay. Navy Crossers trying to do it all of the way from Wapatiu comes off the fence. Faistos now working to the picture three wide. Happy Go Pluggy being pushed along. All two eagers gone. Then fast in Cyclone Smart Meteor by G. You can't recognise some of these colours. In the home straight, Faistos and Wapati went to Navy Cross. Smart Meteor is still running on Gamely. I think it's him. Then came Happy Go Plucky. Faistos and Wapati led the way. Smart Meteor is chasing Gamely on the outside. Faistos in front. Smart Meteor on the outside, raced up at the lead. It is tab seven. Yes, Smart Meteor has won and beaten Faistos, Wapati, Humboldt, Curran in fourth. Wasn't too sure there, but I think we've got it right. Then Happy Go Plucky, Navy Cross, Ambitious Prince, Silago, Bargannon, all two Hoying. Uh, then Fast Ed Cyclone and two Smoking Barrels in 2.11.02. It was the only winner I backed all day, so I, I, I hope like hell I was right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
it showed up okay on the screen, but looking through your binoculars must have been just a blur. Oh, well, the the, the pun had been a blur up to that point, so I just I wasn't <laughs> quite sure. But uh, look, I, I and, and I was cranky in the run too. I, he, drew, he drew the good gate, and I thought, what did you say? Said, well, they made no use of that. Not at all. Stone motherless last, David. But it all ended well. And the the the, the upside of Spa Media is. He's really attacking the line with purpose. He's a, you know, he's a, he's a different horse this campaign. He's a different horse this time around. He trialled really well leading a Caloundra run, 1,400 shade, too short, but he was good. He attacked the line at Eagle Farm even after having a little traffic problem. Uh, he was super at Dooman last week. Personally, I would have preferred it to be about two or three strides longer last Sunday, but he's then backed up six days later. And I had reservations about the, the heavy track with mm. him, um, but he's coped with that and he's coped with the 2,000 metres well. So you look at that record, it was four from 35 leading into yesterday, but I think you need to isolate his form just to this preparation and um, he is, as you say, a different horse. He's not a Magic Millions horse, is No, he? he's, a, he's an English graduate, so not even eligible for a wild card. So they may have to put him aside for a little while or I'm not sure where, where he goes to. Let's have a chat with the winning jockey, Jaden Lloyd. Jaden, good morning. Morning. Hi, boys. How are you? Very well. Now, I was just saying this was the only winner I backed yesterday, and when I was calling the race, I thought, hell, barrier one and you're back last. But was he comfortable in the run? Yeah, he was. He, he, I knew, he obviously, he's stepping up 400 metres, and I, I, he's not a horse that you can really bustle into a position. He, he doesn't like that. He just likes to find his feet early. And um, they, obviously, they went a good tempo to the first turn, and I was just struggling to keep up. But um, once he got into his rhythm, he was good. Jaden, it was a feature race there yesterday, so, so no claim. So it was a good uh, show of faith from Chris Munson Connections to, to keep you on the horse yesterday. Yeah, very much so. Obviously, the, one of the horse two starts ago and um, was a bit unlucky last start. So he could have easily taken me off and put a senior rider on him. Obviously, he's one of the horses to beat yesterday. So, no, it's great that he showed faith in me and I was um, very lucky to uh, repay him. I want to ask you this question, and I can ask it to you well, because you rode this horse at Eagle Farm back in August, and he ran second to, to Spanish Point, and then Chris sent him for a spell. We've been saying this time, and just watching him from a form point of view, that he's really attacking the line. Does he feel a different horse to you this time around? Yeah, 100%. He's really come back, and he's really enjoying his racing at the moment. Um, he's got more of a turn of foot. I think last prep, he was a bit dour, Um I think this time in, he, he's, he's a lot more switched on, and he, that's what Chris said. He, since from the first morning we brought him back, he could sense he was a different horse, and that, now he's racing really well at the moment, so that's good. Jaden, a sidelight a side to um, yesterday's racing is this, this Apprentices race this year. We hyped it up a fair bit leading in, into the season with, with Kyle Wilson-Taylor coming to town. and uh, I, I bumped into Kyle at the, the uh, trials track work on Tuesday and he sort of noted that he was edging closer to you, but he keeps getting suspended. So you were able to just to put another little gap on him there yesterday. Yeah, look, it's um, obviously he's a very good rider and I'm just trying my best, but... Yeah, it helps when he's on the sidelines. Um, <laughs> but, no, nah, it's good. Um, very competitive between me and him, and obviously I want to win it badly, and he wants to win it badly. So, at the end of the day, there will only be one winner and one loser, so hopefully I'm the winner. And we should point out, too, that you're also making your presence felt in the, the senior title. You're, you're equal third with Jimmy Orman after yesterday. Uh, any good rides coming up at the Gold Coast over the next two Saturdays? Um, I'm not too sure. I think I... I on Magic Millions Day, I'm actually going to head down to um, Sydney and ride Garoppolo, so I'm looking forward to that, um, something different. Um, so it's good that I could, um, you know, just expand and 
go down to Sydney when all the big boys are up here and uh, get a look down there. So I'm um, looking forward to that. Exactly. Now, the most important question I'm going to ask you before you go, what's your best ride today? Um, I think they both can win, um, but I think edifications come back really well this prep. Um, I think the heavy heavy track will definitely suit him. He's um, obviously a stayer, um, but I think the, the, the wetness in the track will help him and slow every other thing down. So um, I think he's going really well this time in, and I, I'd be surprised if he didn't run a good race. Good on you, mate. Appreciate your, your time at late notice. Thanks for that. Thank you. Bye. Jaden Lloyd joining us. What was that what's called? Edification. Edification. Find out what price it is immediately. I don't want to talk about the horses behind Smart Meteor because, I mean, they go round week after week. They do. It's taken in turns, and he was the one that's sort of the, the here and now horse, isn't he, that he's sort of just merging at the right time. And um, uh, he got the job done and... He handled the conditions best, didn't he? Well, that was the race. It was 2,000 metres. They ran 2.11.02, and after that, they downgraded to a heavy 10 for the last three races. But the track was in better shape earlier in the day. Our next replay is the two-year-old, and, of course, this was an important stepping stone towards the big race, the Magic Millions, in two weeks' time. Annabelle Neesham had soaring ambition in, was impressive on debut, and Wyong was expected to win little easy in betting late. Went out to run at $2. Here's the replay. Up to the turn. Betting out lightly. has gone strongly in front. Leads the way. I can see Barry taking inside runs on Soaring Ambition. Bashani Warfare still there. Golden Artie being wound up. Northern Express gone. And then came Celestial Spirit. But Benigo Lightly's the leader. He's flat out on Soaring Ambition. She's making steady ground. Coming off heels and then Golden Artie. Benigo Lightly in front. Soaring Ambition driving through the centre. Golden Artie on the outside. Golden Artie pouncing late. Too good. Golden Golden beat Soaring Ambition, Benigo Lightly, and Celestial Spirit fourth, then Russian Warrior, followed by Mashani Warfare, Better Deal, Yankee River, Mashani Persuasion, Northern Express, and Mink Star last home in 112.06. Golden Artie goes to the Magic Millions in two weeks' time, beating Soaring Ambition and Better Go Lightly, and winning fairly and squarely. Brian Guy, of course, trains with his son Daniel. He's with us on Past the Post. Morning, mate. Morning, Dave. How are you, mate? I'm well. Now, you know I've got a bit of intel here, but uh, this taught me one thing, this win, to believe in people who've got faith. And there's no one has stronger faith in this horse than the young man who rode it. No, he's uh, he's always said from day one, this horse will make it to the millions. And um, he said he goes very good. And he said he'll just get better as he gets older as well. But uh, no, he was very confident of us going there. So uh, it was good to have somebody on that was confident. Out of luck, first up there at the Sunshine Coast, Brian, was nice to see everything go, go to plan yesterday. Yeah, Nathan, it's uh, good morning to you. Um, yeah, he had no luck at uh, the Sunshine Coast. We uh, we put together a plan um, from the time that he runs second um, last preparation and uh, we put him out to give him a few weeks in the paddock thanks to um, Letitia. Uh, we sent it out to her place and... Um, you know, she looked after him great, and and um, then we put the plan together of making the third run his uh, magic means if he was good enough. Tell us the background of buying him because he wasn't an expensive purchase. No, I, David, I've never had a lot of money to buy horses with at the sales, and uh, and I had a hundred thousand just to buy a horse with, and I bought one already for fifty for the same people, and I liked this horse, and I thought, ah. Oh, well, I've still got 50 left, and if he brings more than that, I'll see what happens. Anyway, uh, 
I asked about, and they told me eighty, a hundred, and I thought, oh well, we'll see what happens. And I ended up buying him for thirty thousand. I just liked the horse; he had something that I liked in him, and, and I bought him. Come on, Brian, give him up. Give it, give, give up the bloke who said it was eighty to a hundred. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, <laughs> I I can't give him up. I can't give him up. He's <laughs> no. too closely related. <laughs> uh, yes, well, we know now. And the the other good the other good thing out of yesterday. Uh, apart from the win, which is good enough in itself, but the fact that he was able to handle the the, the rain-affected conditions, and that's always good to have in, in your armoury because, you know, the, there's a, you know, every chance we could have a wet track in two weeks' time. Yeah, well, it's something he showed here in his trial, David. His trial, I thought, was very impressive, um, and it was on the course prop. It was over 900 metres, and that morning we'd had a lot of rain over the weekend, and we were, no, were half going to call the trials off, and and um, we're on the course proper, which was very good at the turf club down here and and uh, for the two-year-olds, and he went through it unbelievable. You know, the trial was, was so strong. You've got a magic million sitting there in a, in a fortnight, Brian, but longer term, this is a horse that looks like you'll get a mile comfortably, so you, it would seem like that you've got so much to look forward to with him. Oh, the Winter Carnival, yeah, and the JJ Atkins. It, 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 just looks like it's going to suit him. Yeah. You know, he, he's learning all the time. I, I like the way yesterday he just put his head on his chest and he travelled. He's starting to learn that he doesn't have to, you know, over-race and things like that. And this is a good sign for the future. Have you had many runners over in the Magic Millions over the time? I've run places a couple of times, David. I've run two-thirds. Um, never ever cracked the win there, but uh, it's been a good day to me over the years, that's for sure. Exactly right. And, and just uh, reiterating with Ben as well, uh, when I said he shows faith in the horse, and he, he's more than prepared. He, he comes down and rides at work? Uh, last Tuesday morning, he uh, jumped in the car and he was coming down to gallop him and it was pouring rain, and, and as you know. And, and he rang me, he said, I'll be there in 15 minutes. He drove down, he rode him work and then jumped in the car and went home again. So the dedication by Ben is, is you know, unbelievable. It just goes to show how much he really thinks of the horse. Yeah, exactly right. Appreciate your time this morning. Great to see you, you and Dan have that horse in the uh, in the big race in two weeks' time. Yeah, we've got another good supporter there that will be standing alongside us. <laughs> see you later. And I think you know who he is, Dave. I think I do. <laughs> good on you, mate. See you, mate. Bye. Brian Guy joining us this morning. And uh, Golden Artie's $26 in the Magic Millions. Yeah, I like him. He's got some nice scope. He hits the line strongly. And... So- Soaring Ambition ran second. I, I see Annabelle Nisham quoted as saying that she was happy with the run. They had big reservations about the wet track. They, mm. he, she'd trialled on wet ground and not performed well, so they um, that, that explains why she was comfortable in getting beaten. I thought Better Go Lightly was terrific, David. Um, she's obviously a filly with plenty of ability, and you know whether they put her away now or, or what they do, but um, she's had that interrupted preparation. So for her to race so well up to 1,200 metres yesterday to second start in a race, set a pretty good tempo, and battle on I thought was a good effort. Let's have a listen to some other races from Doombin yesterday. We'll go to the we'll go to Salatine's race. We've discussed it with Tony. She was at twenty one dollars. Of course, the market was restructured twice. Isotope came out, then Jamea came out. Here's the replay. 
up to the turn. 400 left to Rana and Vulpine and Ryan Wiggins will turn in the lead. Miami flies about a length behind it in second. Boomtown last cut the corner. Eloquently comes to the outside and even deeper running on strongly is Salatine. On the outside Miami flies went up to Vulpine and challenged it strongly. Running home strongly is Salatine. Then came Eloquently. Getting up near the inside was Kizikato and Centafire. On the outside have a look at Salatine finishing two to their one. Kizikato up to second but Salatine too good but Kizikato nudge a red light flashing run third. Not sure about fourth. East Asia Crone running on. Eloquently Vulpine Centafire. Miami Fleiss knocked up late. Then Tycoon Evie Catlin. Well back Boomtown last Panino and Intrepidacious whipped them in in 112.12. As we said with Tony, no no fluke about the performance. Sat wide, and, and of course, sat wide in the previous win as well. She'll go to the uh, the, the, the Phillies and Mares race in two weeks. Yeah, interesting. Tony said earlier how Paul Snowden rang him to say that she's a mare that they thought had stakes ability, and now she's fulfilled that. And another chance for a wild card that, to, to break that, that little hoodoo there on, on the Gold Coast, David. It was later the day, it was a. Uh, a flashing red light run, not a red light flashing run with with nudge, but the run was good. Yeah. So what's what's her race? Is it the fourteen hundred metres? The Phillies and Mares is only thirteen hundred, isn't it? So yeah, it is. She obviously loves it here in Queensland. East Asia was never winning hope, but she's made good ground as well. And Crane was good in fifth. Mm. Where does that leave Jamea, David? Uh, equal favourite for the Magic Millions Guineas. Um, go first up, you know. Well, I imagine it would have to um, run next week and back up. Yeah, but what race would she run in next week? I'm not sure whether there's one in Sydney or not, but... Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would think the fact that she's here... Uh, so first up since September 25, it'll be, so it's a tough ask. Yeah, it certainly is. Maybe a barrier trial. We'll see what happens there. Let's go to the fourth race. This is the Magic Millions Magic Ticket race, and Simply Fly was expected to be hard to beat here, $2.50. Into the home straight, 3.50 left to Rana. Boom, spend a lead. There's a run for Dr. Why Not, and he's coming after the leader, Gamely. Followed then at the head of the others by Good On You, Sonia. Queen Sweeper, Turalu, simply fire, mile back. Dr. Why Not on the inside, snatched the lead off Boom Spender. They're clear of the others, headed by Good On You, Sonia, and don't stop, but Dr. Why Not lands good bets, wins the money, beats home Boom Spender, and don't stop, and then came Gantanes, simply fly. Ah, uh, it was disappointing today. Then Turalu, followed by Godonia Sonia, Queen Sweeper, Zamba, and Leroy the Conqueror, last home in 110.83. I wanted to say a bit more then. Yes, that's, I, I, that's I, all I, I could come I out with. I, I have to. But he went terribly, simply fly, by his standards, didn't Awful. he? Awful. And never a winning hope. They, they uh, vetted him post race. No abnormalities there. You could only put it down as he didn't back up. Well, maybe that's it. But, like, in the run, you were never. Never happy. Um, I was on each way too. And Doctor Wynott was one of yours back in a past life. It was, well. yeah. And, and and I forgot that, uh, of course, Lindsay Goff started with this horse. And there's a bit of emotion. There's not a bit of. There's quite a deal of emotion attached to this win, particularly through the jockey Michael Murphy, his dad John, who who passed away late last year, bought this horse specifically for Michael to ride, and it's found its way back to the Lindsay Goff stable. Raced very well with Scott Morrissey. Back with Lindsay and uh, and Michael had the ride yesterday. He's had his ups and downs. It's been fairly well documented, but gave it a perfect trip and a, a big whip salute over it the was line. A very very good salute, that's for sure. But great advertisement for Lindsay Goff in, um, in getting the horse to just fire like that uh, yesterday. And as we said, well back nine dollars down to six dollars fifty. Other winners on the day. Kingston's here won the first beautiful ride by Native. I yep. thought he'd go back. He came out. I thought yeah. you're going to be in strife here. He landed the one one and. 
the horse won well. Yeah, the plan was to come out neutral and just see what unfolded. And he said when that gap, he didn't make waste any time, did he? He put him there. And once he was there, um, he was always looked the winner. And he may go on with it now, that horse. He's obviously blessed with a lot of ability. He's just has, whether it's mentally or, or physically frail, I'm not sure. But he's got many more wins to come. Some crafty punters landed on Lady Salerno, knowing her wet track prowess. And they uh, got the cash, 21 down to 15. And strange charm. From the Chris Lee's Gold Coast stable, won the fifth race. Uh, always travelling like a winner on the speed. Was a drifter, though. 3.20 at the 3.80. They quintiled the race with Keydart running second. A good friend of mine is a, owns a smidgen of strange charm. It's the first horse he's ever owned, and yesterday was the first time he's ever been to the races to watch one of his horses, and he, he starred on the big screen as he celebrated her, her, um, her winning performance. So well done, Phil, and the team there. I think I saw that. Was yeah. They put it up straight after the yeah, race. that's right, yeah. Let's take a break here on Pass the Post. Thanks for your company this morning. Of course, Pass the Post brought to you by Archer Park Racing. We'll come back in a moment and uh, look at some races interstate. This is Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Taking racing ownership to the next level. They certainly do. Go to their website, archerparkracing.com.au. You'll see all the horses that are available for sale there. You can buy any percentage. Give Chris Wessel a call if you need to know more. That's Archer Park Racing. Royal Randwick yesterday was on the Kensington track. Let's have a listen to the opener. Secret Revolution was trying to earn some prize money for a Magic Million start. It was the favourite of $3.70. Around the corner at the 4.25, Pandadario, about a half clear from Glint of Silver. Secret Revolution stalks that pair in third, about to be felt for. London runs on. Out wider on the track is Fireburn. It's Pandadario in front at the 200 metres mark, about a length clear from Secret Revolution. Then followed by Fireburn out deeper on the track. Revolutionary Miss getting out late. Pandadario's in front, 100 to go. Fireburn runs to second, driving hard the outside, and bobbed and won. Fireburn got up to beat either Revolutionary Miss or Pandanario who ran out of chips late. Fourth a photo, London or Sibylla who's made ground from the back. Glint of Silver, California deeply next in. Then Wild Irish Rover uh, further back in the field was Secret Revolution who didn't finish it off. Deft Leopard, Toronomica and one of the last in Matisse's Comet. Yes, her uh, Magic Millions aspirations went out the window, beating only three of the line Secret Revolution, but on a brighter front, uh, Fireburn went back-to-back -back, uh, with City wins. Gary Portelli's having a great run with his two-year-olds this season. On the million-dollar race earlier. I'm sure he gets extra satisfaction because, of course, Fireburn is by Rebel Dane, mm -hmm. who he trained to uh, group victories. The runner-up there, David, is a $51 chance. Magic Millions wouldn't think will get a run. And the third was Pantanario's $26 chance in the Magic Millions has now was placed behind Cool and Gadda in the gym crack and it's only other start. Let's go to Flemington. And, of course, this meeting was commenced earlier due to the predicted heat wave. It probably didn't eventuate like they thought it would. The the, the change came through earlier than expected. The time-honoured staying race on New Year's Day at Flemington is the Baggett Handicap. We'll go to the replay. They took Smoke and Romans on in the betting, but it still ran the favourite at 270. They come to the turn. Smoke and Romans with plenty of company around the bend. Blenheim Palace has got past Smoke and Romans who's struggling the favourite. Good idea has gone to the front, but Skelm is chasing. Then came Long Arm to the middle of the track and Tiger Tiger from the back as well. Good idea at the 300. Skelm and now Tiger Tiger from last down the centre of the track in a battle of attrition. Skelm and Tiger Tiger, then Long Arm and good idea, but Tiger Tiger is a neck in front of Skelm trying to find 
right back, 100 to go. Tiger, Tiger just in front. Skelm won't be denied, but Tiger, Tiger's going to win again. A big one for Rob Blacker. Tiger, Tiger's won the baggot. Skelm second, long arm third, good idea fourth, then higher motion and lady in the sky. A gap to Blenheim Palace, a long gap dragon storm. Smoke and Romans couldn't see it out, and Fanciful Toff did complete the course just walking over the line. He's been in great form this campaign, Tiger Tiger. He made it a winning hat-trick and he's won four of his last five and graduating from midweek wins at Sandown over the 2,400 to the, the Baggett at listed level of the 2,800. He had more than a year off before this preparation started after coming from New Zealand. Has won five races. It's been a productive campaign. Smoke and Romans may have had enough. He, he led them up, but he was gone pretty swiftly as they strayed for home and he beat one to the line. The Chester Manifold was the other feature. This looks to be a promising horse. Lighthouse ran the favourite. Let's see how he fared. Around the turn in the Chester Manifold, 500 a run. Age of Chivalry for Damien Lane, a length cross haven. Yalong January extricating off the fence, second slip to the middle. Then Blaze Jowski, not to be missed. Lighthouse runs up behind them, bumps into not to be missed there. It's getting willing and looks like Elvis down the outer. Age of Chivalry joined by Crosshaven. They're toe to toe at the clock tower. It's Crosshaven, Age of Chivalry. Now Lighthouse is getting out. She's running on from looks like Elvis. Lighthouse moves up. The Grey takes the lead. She's going to come away. Lighthouse won the Chester Manifold. Favourite home. Second looks like Elvis. Photo third not to be missed. Crosshaven. Then Age of Chivalry from Blaze Jowski. Second slip Pancho for Rook Odeon and Yalong January. Yeah, former American Mayor. She's unbeaten for Mara and Eustace since arriving here in Australia. I'm sure she's winning at a quieter time of year but uh, yesterday's win I think really stamped her as a, a horse for the future. I, th I think if you wanted to take her on yesterday, the, the win the other day she was had a very easy trip and didn't win by a big margin, but yesterday was very authoritative. She's an absolute beauty. I thought he rode her really well. He sort of copped the medicine from the barrier and then picked his way through the field, John McNeil. Uh, she goes on wet or dry, David, so she's, there's a big race in her for sure. And uh, one for times, 121.52, mm. which is not far outside of like, Lovey's track record. They were the highlights at Flemington yesterday. Let's go back to Gosford on Wednesday. They had a feature meeting and... Let's listen to the Gosford Guineas first up. This is at listed level. Several of these heading towards, or hopefully heading towards, the Magic Millions three-year-old Guineas in two weeks' time. They lead the back, an authentic jeweller looking to make it three wins in a row. The filly by two lengths on Broken Hill. Compassionate under the pump, Bacchanalia three wide striding forward. Bitcoin Baby next, bend the knee under the pump as they straighten up and still a good back margin back to King of Sparta. Getting to the outside and winding up well, the King. It's authentic jeweller inside the 200 being tackled by Bacchanalia. A length and a half to King of Sparta. Bacchanalia draws level with authentic jewel. King of Sparta can't get there, but Bacchanalia gets up. Bacchanalia won the Gosford Guineas wearing down Authentic Jewel and King of Sparta third. Party for one surging home at the end of the fourth I'd say in front of Bend the Knee then Compassionate Peregrination Broken Hill, Bitcoin Baby and Sing a Love Song. It just adds to this confusing picture for the three-year-old Guineas. I think King of Sparta is still the co-favourite with Jamea mm. at $6 yet he's a non-winner isn't he? He made ground but he didn't savage the line did he? It mm. looked like he was going to make an impact but just sort of one batted at the end so it's wide open race that, that Guineas as we, we've said a number of times. And Bend the Knee finishing just behind there in about uh, fourth or fifth spot it's also a, an aspirant for the, the big race in two weeks time let's go to the other feature this was the Bell of the Turf 
as they go to the 400 metre mark. An expat in front, but here she comes now. Brooks Byer, she's had the gun run and she comes off heels to throw down the challenge into the straight now. And it's expat being joined by Brooks Byer. They're well clear from the rest. Expat showing a fight, a very good fight. Expat from Brooksmire. The favourite's got to dig deep. Expat's lifting. Expat clinging on. And Expat wins the bell of the turf. Beat the short price favourite, Brooksmire. Amika ran third. Monigle fourth. Followed then by Magella from Willow Tito. Gin Martini, Wild Sheila, Zuda Moon, and So Wicked. They truckloaded Brooksmire. I think it was $2 into $1.35. Went to win, but Expat kicked strongly. A mare we saw here during the earlier part of our summer carnival, but uh, another, another one, one for the Eagle Farm forgive files. Eagle Farm file, but uh, but obviously too, she's she her chances are are enhanced on wet track. She's got a great wet track record. Interesting, though, she beat Brooks by before she came to Eagle Farm, and it's four dollars forty that day. Eight dollars versus a dollar thirty five on Wednesday. Yeah, she was a drift to Tommy Sherry riding for Mark Newnham. They were two of the highlights from Gosford. Let's pass the post for this morning. Nathan, thanks for your time. Thanks, David. We look forward to the wave this weekend and a little bit more of the two-year-old picture coming to fruition. We've got the wave. That's the three- and four-year-old feature, 1,800 metres. As you mentioned, the, the last uh, last chance saloon for the, the Magic Millions, we've got the Gold Nugget and the Gold Pearl and, of course, two of those rising star races for Magic Million horses, both worth a... A quarter of a million. Plus four races. I mean, great successes. In three the and four-year-olds, yeah. So so five big races there next Saturday at Aquas Park, Gold Coast. And then, of course, the big day the week after. As I said, thanks for your company. Look forward to your company on Press Room tomorrow morning. Until then, have a good day. Bye-bye.